Welcome back to Panini's and Prattle, where we dish out sizzling sandwiches and insights to American literature. <laughs> this episode, we take a look into Tim O'Brien's The Things They Carried and William Dean Howell's Editha. And now for our special section of the podcast, the Panini Press. Our Panini today is an American classic, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So to some, this sandwich can reflect the timeless patriotism that has been the bloodline of the American troops during both the Spanish-American War, which was in Editha, and the Vietnam War, which was in the things they carried. So like the soldiers, the U.S. soldiers, the sandwich is entirely American-made. It was made, I think, in like Boston in 1901, and it's the pride and joy creation of our country. And others might say, on the other hand, that this peanut butter and jelly sandwich gives a sense of nostalgia from our childhood. That the soldiers, and especially the ones from the Vietnam War in the things they carried, tried to keep with them just for comfort because they lost a lot of that comfort and sense of home during the violence of the war. So, like, Jimmy, Lieutenant Jimmy, Jimmy Cross carried his lust for Martha and that pebble that she gave him as a way to stay connected to his home. And so this peanut butter and jelly sandwich could also give someone that sense of home and childhood that the war took away from them. So for this panini, I think it was still pretty good, like most of ours, but it wasn't as good as that first one that we made. That first one is unbeatable. It's yeah. so good. The mozzarella and salami mm-hmm. and, and garlic aioli. Yeah, it was good. I don't know. It's just hard to top. This one still was good, though, and it was super easy to make. It's just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the panini press. Which yep. we actually have a panini press now. Yay! We finally got it. Harper's in her new house, <laughs> not the apartment. So <laughs> we are now in a new filming location. Ooh. Yeah. So I would rate this panini probably like a good seven. I think I'd go seven and a half. Yeah. Not quite an eight, but better than a seven. I think I'm going to give this one a six. It was just oh. not not enough flavor to it. There's too much peanut butter, not enough jelly. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast and this episode of Paninis and Prattle. Oedipa is a short story written by William Dean Howells that encompasses the dynamic between a young couple during the time of the Spanish-American War. The writer William Dean Howells was an influential American playwright and novelist from the late 19th century, and through his texts, and especially in Editha, he was involved in the literary movement of realism, and so he put the focus on describing the events that happened realistically just as they happened, and writing out a lot of detailed character developments and descriptions as well. So this story begins with the main female character, Editha, who's frustrated with her boyfriend for his apathy regarding the war and enlisting in it. So she wants him to enlist because she thinks that he is not a man and he doesn't love his country if he doesn't. So, believing that he should value his country over her and everything else in his life, Editha manipulates her boyfriend George into enlisting in the military. So in the text she tells him, there is no honor above America with me, In this great hour, there is no other honor. So, I don't know. It's kind of weird to me, I guess, especially like today. You wouldn't really say that in a relationship, your country is more important than like 
the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the focus has definitely shifted away from your nation to your own self. It's more individualistic, yeah. like the American dream, you know. More selfish than we were back then, yeah. I guess. So then George ends up dying on the mat- on the battlefield a little bit later, and it's kind of in an underwhelming way, and I don't think Edetha expected that because it was just kind of, like, listed in a name from a telegraph of people who died. It wasn't, like, some heroic soldier's death. And so then Edetha goes to visit George's mother out of, like, respect and mourning, and when she goes over to visit, his mother lashes out at her for being basically the reason he died and tries to make her understand what war does to people and how it changes their morals. And so his mother says, I suppose you would have been glad to die, such a brave person as you. I don't believe he was glad to die, because George didn't really want to go to the war. He didn't really have the passion for war, and that was kind of like in his family growing up, you could tell. But Editha basically um, manipulated him into doing that. So she apparently was the brave one and then she feels bad at first and kind of guilty but then she just goes home and dismisses all those thoughts of guilt because she thinks that George's mother was just crazy and so after talking to George's mother and then she goes home Editha says I think she wasn't quite in her right mind and so did Papa so she's not like really realizing that what George's mother is saying is true and that she's kind of at fault. She's just like, oh, well, she's just crazy because her son's dead. So, And then um, because of her lack of guilt and ability to manipulate George, I'd say that Editha remains one of the most hated characters in American literature. And I personally did not like her either. Like, she just made me mad the whole time. <laughs> I don't think anyone liked her. I don't think anyone liked her. Um, but... If you look closer, you can kind of see that Editha represents America itself and the pressures that patriotism in society put on men like George to join the war, even if their hearts weren't in it. And you can tell this um, even by like her red, white, and blue appearance, because in the text it says, with your red hair and your blue eyes that look black now and your face with the color painted out by the white moonshine. So you can, I think that part there is like a really big clue to signify that she isn't necessarily an actual person, but she symbolizes America itself. So. So for uh, uh, one criticism I have for this piece is like what uh, Caitlin was talking about with this symbolism is I felt like it was just too obvious and too like right there. Like the the two main characters, Ethan and George, they didn't feel like actual people, but instead like, caricatures of the ideas that they're trying to represent. Like, in real life, I don't think there are many people who would be so insensitive and so so insensitive and just not self-aware at all like Edith is. Especially since they were supposed to be in a relationship, it didn't really seem like it because you could tell, too, that, like, I mean, this was kind of how the dynamic was back then, too, how George was kind of condescending to her and everything and would, like, laugh at (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Excuse us. 
<laughs> and our George would laugh at her for things. <laughs> but, like, also she was just so manipulative that it didn't really seem, like, realistic. Yeah. Because, like, like, you hear about that in movies and books, but you don't ever really see it in life like, yeah. that often. I guess it could happen, too, but it just seemed more symbolic than, like, an actual story. Yeah. Like what Daniel was saying. So, um, for praise, I thought this story did a really good job of showing how a soldier's loved ones and a social setting can affect his choice to enlist in the military and to be patriotic by putting so much pressure on him because it was kind of seen as, like, a dishonor to your family if you're not going to protect your country. And I also thought it was a really interesting reality check when he died because, like, people thought then if you were a soldier and you went to go um die at war that it was like some heroic death and that it would be big and theatrical but really like his name just showed up on a list it was kind of underwhelming there's no theatrics to it at all yeah it's just people and lives that are lost and some people don't really realize that mm-hmm. another thing about this story is it really shows how um your perspective on war uh and it shows how your perspective on war is related to how it changes your morals. Like with Edith, she idealized war and because she wasn't the one risking anything, because she wasn't the one enlisting. So she felt that the patriotism of going out to war overshadowed all the horrible things that would happen because she wasn't the one actually going out to do it. So she didn't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to worry about killing anyone or fighting anyone. It's easier to tell someone to go to war and, like, have to go through all that than to do it yourself. Yeah, and I think it was super unfair of her to be, like, you have to do this. You have to do this or else you're not worthy of me. Like, to be worthy in her idea was to go out and, like, kill kill people. people. And have the possibility of getting killed yourself. Which, if you said that, like, bluntly, you're not worthy unless you go and murder someone, it's kind of like you would never say that. But in this context of war... That's, like, what a lot of people were thinking. So, yeah. In The Things They Carried, First Lieutenant Jimmy Cross is in love with a girl back home named Martha. When he left for war, he came with her letters and a pebble that she gave to him. Jimmy is the only character that they really go into depth about. The rest of the soldiers also have items. They all have personal items that give you room to interpret their personality. For example... Until he was shot, Ted Lavender carried six or seven ounces of premium dope, which for him was a necessity. Mitchell Sanders, the RTO, carried condoms, and so on. And then the author talks about the weapons that they carried, so you can get more of an insight to their physical characteristics and how they act. So, for example, as a medic, Rat Kylie carried a canvas satchel filled with morphine and plasma and malaria tablets and surgical tape and comic books and all the things a medic must carry, including M&Ms for especially bad wounds. Throughout the story, Cross talks about Ted Lavender, who died in the war. Later, he admits that he takes the blame for Ted Lavender's death. He felt shame. He hated himself. He had loved Martha more than his men, and as a consequence, Lavender was now dead. And this was something he would have to carry like a stone in his stomach for the rest of the war. He says he was too focused on Martha, so because of Ted Lavender's Ted Lavender's death, he realized Martha didn't love him as much as he loved her and that he needed to let go of her to, like, be fully focused on the war. 
So on the morning after Ted Lavender died, First Lieutenant Jimmy Cross crouched at the bottom of his foxhole and burned Martha's letters. Then he burned the two photographs. And with that, I just wanted to add, like, his obsession with Martha got so unhealthy to the point where, like, he, he was thinking that was the reason that Ted Lavender died, which it really wasn't. Ted Lavender would have died, died either, either way. way. But he thought he was too focused on Martha and back home during the battle and that he could have saved Ted Lavender, which is more of just, like, a conflict within himself trying to hold on to his past and the things that weren't the war because he didn't want to, like, be necessarily in the war himself because he wasn't really, and a lot of the men in the Vietnam War weren't really, like, actually, their heart wasn't in it, and they didn't really know exactly what they were fighting Mm -hmm. for. And so it was just something that he focused on and tried to distract himself with until he finally realized, like, if we're going to be in this war, I can't be distracted. And so he had to let Martha go. And then he became, towards the end, he became really, like, stone cold and lieutenant-y, I guess. Yeah, like a real soldier, like how you would imagine it to be. Yeah. But, like, also he couldn't really let go of her physically because, like, she's not there for him to talk to her. So he had to let go of her emotionally and symbolically. With the pebble. And that's why he, like... Got rid of the pebble. And the letters. Burned the letters and the photographs. And, like, that was his way of letting her go. And just, sure. like, just, like, being completely focused on the war and the task at hand. So, overall, I don't really have any criticism. Like, some think that it was drawn out. But that was the intent, like, of the author to describe the story in detail. Just to, like, give all the little details of how much everything weighed to, like, ultimately lead up to that was like all the weight you had to carry like not only physically but like symbolically you had so much weight you had to carry with you throughout the war Mm -hmm. I feel like if they didn't have it so detailed then you wouldn't get that whole sense of like everything that they had to carry like you were saying like with the weight because everything really adds up and you can feel this weight on you throughout the story as they list more and more items and things both like physically and also metaphoric weight and I just don't think you would really see the actual effect of that unless it was so detailed and there's not like a generic thing that like everybody carries like not everyone carries the same thing it just kind of depends on like what Mm -hmm. position you're in it's like the medic obviously has to carry different stuff than Jimmy did so it's just like you have to go into detail about each person just to show that everyone had so much baggage yeah, like, and I also think I also think it helps like individualize people because these are still soldiers are still people and I think the items that they carried made them seem more human because like it gives them a character. Yeah, it gives them a character because I if think. you think of soldiers a lot of times you'll just think of like machines doing what they're told yeah. like killing people but these are still human beings and they have their own things that they want to keep with them and their own characters and I think it's good to realize that and they can't go into like a long drawn out thing about each character describing them so they kind of just give you room to interpret like how like how the characters were based off what they had and like in their backpacks and like the 
symbolic things that they had, like their personal things from home. Like mm-hmm. with the medic carrying the comic books and M&Ms, you get so much about his character from just those two. Because, like, he carried the M&Ms for not himself, but for the other soldiers who, like, were deeply hurt. So, like, mm-hmm. you can see that he cares. Yeah, and it's, like, it's not, like, he was a medic, so obviously he carried doctor things like and the medical supplies, and but M&Ms aren't really something that you would think a medic would carry for their patients but it was just it just showed like he valued that little bit of sweetness that they could get because they didn't really have any of that down there yeah because doctors kind of just stop having like that kind of stuff after you leave the pediatrician but he just kind of wanted to bring that like sense of like hominess I guess Mm -hmm. like just that little sense of comfort yep and then for praise we just thought the story was really well written and detailed and I liked how it was written, like how you would think in your head. Like, like a stream of consciousness yes. kind of thing. So it would go from like listing the other soldiers and the things that they had with them to events that were happening and just back and forth between those two kind of bouncing off each other. Yeah, and it would go back a lot to because it was in the stream of consciousness of Lieutenant Cross and he focused a lot on Ted Lavender's death, partially because he blamed himself for it. So like you can see that reoccurring thought come back He'll talk about things that are happening in real life and then he'll say something about Ted Lavender and it'll bring him to something else and then he'll go back to Martha and it just kind of like shows it brings you there with him of like actually what he's thinking and not just describing what's going on. It also shows how present like Martha and Ted Lavender are in his mind all the time so like he's constantly thinking about it and it shows in a piece because it always goes back to those two things. And it always talks, like, when he talks about Ted Lavender, he's, like, before Ted died, like, just reminiscing about that. And, like, it would talk about Martha before he left for war and, like, the things that they did and just, like, thinking about her all the time. Like, it really showed how much he thought about her Mm -hmm. and how much he cared for her. Another thing with this story is it shows how um, being in a war really hardens uh, a soldier and it uh, shows that their uh, how it affects their emotions and how they feel uh, while fighting. Throughout the piece, it go, the platoon feels hardened and numb to the actions that they're doing. Like that, it doesn't it doesn't seem like they care that much when they're uh, going and killing other people. Or even like that that kid who was dead on the ground. And then I think they took his thumb with them, yeah, right? Yeah, they like nonchalantly talked about how they would cut people's thumbs Yeah, and off. he was, they were just kicking his head on the ground. And this is a little boy. And like flies were buzzing out of his head. And they yeah. were just describing they just it in seem, such detail. They just seem so nonchalant about this, but that's like what they had to go through, I guess. And it's so weird how you would think, like if you saw a dead boy on the street, you wouldn't just cut off his thumb and kick him in the head. head. <laughs> You're going to be like concerned and like, yes, like very concerned. <laughs> But Very with concerned. the war, it shows, like, how it's a completely different situation and the people there are feeling mm-hmm. completely different things. Like, you can't be, like, compassionate about every single person that dies or else you're not going to make it. Like, you have to be emotionally stronger than, like, you ever have them before. Mm-hmm. You so have it's to like, harden you yourself. You have to just, like, not care, honestly. About well, even with, even with Ted Lavender, too, I noticed a lot of the men in this story kind of like used humor as a coping mechanism too because they would joke about him dying and about like they were smoking his dope after he died Mm -hmm. that he just had and 
And I don't that know. was like his personal item that he carried. So yeah. it's like another one of the other soldiers carried the New Testament. So it's like them all just going through it and like reading it afterwards. Like you just don't use per- other people's personal items like that, I guess, especially yeah. after they die. Yeah, but I guess when you're when your friend and the person that you're with in war like dies, that stuff it's is different. expected and it's gonna happen and it's different. So and you have to get through it. You always have to keep pushing on with that. There's not really like a moment where you can stop and grieve and rest. So they have to use their humor to push through it. 